Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Let's get ready to rumble! Senior Nation doing everybody ab how's your tuesday everyone in the chat how's your tuesday welcome 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 shelly what's going on what's up not a whole lot spencer how we doing today we're doing we're doing good the market is doing okay i mean we're green in the major indexes the s&p is green the nas <laughs> sorry the nasdaq is green the russell is green um i mean we're looking okay uh, we're, we're looking Good. I mean, if you pull up, you want to pull up a chart of the spy for for me for me. For of, a of course, Spencer, I'll, I'll do that and, for you. Is there well, any? Is there anything? You know, economic news, anything driving markets being green today, or is it just mm, hey, more buyers than sellers? I think it's case of more buyers and sellers. I mean, you know, you you look at that chart. What I don't know what that is. You got a BVXV. A, is that is beyond, that is that your new play? I mean, you you, you look at. The market today, you see, you know, two stocks up for every for every stock down, right? I mean, you look at the S and P, the spy, zoom out. I mean, we're you know things were getting a little bit hairy there for a couple for a couple of days, but we are looking like we're on a straight path to new all time highs, at least in the in the spy. So I know, and and, and you still have. More than two months left in your bet with Joel. Of if we I do, I do. Highs, two and a half maybe. months. I gave Joel four, four to one odds that so we would see new all-time highs by the end of this year, and I'm looking pretty, pretty, pretty good. So here's what's on the docket for today. We're going to talk through some stocks on our radar, and then at 12:30, we're going to be joined by George Holmes. He's the CEO of Resident. It's a 5G play. At one. Neil Hamilton will hop on the stream, do some charts for a half hour or so. And then at 1.30, we'll be joined by Tim Quast, and AB and I will be with you throughout. This is our new midday show. I think we actually might even start the show earlier um, when, when I'm back in the office. So uh, we got a lot going on here, AB. Let's start with SoFi. Um, I was in this a couple months ago at $20.00. And it was a long-term play, and I wasn't. It was actually my biggest loser. It was my it was my biggest my biggest bag for for a little a little while there. Well, we've come all the way back now to the point where I am now flat to green in this thing. Um, I don't know why we've come all the. Way. I don't know why we went down, and I don't know why we've come back. Um, but. I was all set to just do nothing on this until last week when David Green got in my head and was like, well, you know, maybe you should lighten up a little bit because you've, you know, you, you, uh, you come all the way, you know, come all the way back here. What say you, Aaron Bree? What do I do with my SoFi? I'm, I'm basically at my cost basis right now. So Spencer, th- this is a stock that I actually don't mind holding long-term kind of, you know, getting through some maybe short-term losses because I think this stock does have the potential, um, you know, to potentially be a, a, a big time, you know, this could be a $50, $60 stock here in five, six, seven, ten 10 years. I think there are a few companies out there, a few stocks out there um, that do have interesting, you know, growth stock cases and SoFi is one of them. 
Um, there are other stocks that maybe if you got back to green on and you were dogging for a while that I'd say, yeah, maybe you should just get out of that. But this one, Spencer, I don't know where, you know, your risk appetite is. I know SoFi is one of your bigger individual hold-ins um, because I know yeah. a lot of your allocations in ETFs. So I would say, hey, because of the potential upside for this stock, um, I don't mind holding on to it, even if you have to hear through even if you have to kind of sustain through some short-term losses. I actually don't know off the top of my head what my what it, my waiting is, so let's find out right now. Let's log into Fidelity, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, I'm on the app. Their their app is different. I don't know, and, and let me know uh, in the chat. I don't know. Seeing. Like I don't have any buddies, I think, that use SoFi for banking or, or for personal loans or anything. Um, drop me a one in the chat if you are actually a SoFi customer, if you have an account at uh, SoFi. Webcoin Spencer saying you should sell a call against SoFi, kind of a, a compromise or a hedge. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it's one of these stocks that, like I said, it's it's hard to gauge early term. You know, you're not going to be able to get a good sense of financial, anything like this. It's more of, hey, this could be something that really takes off and you can say, Oh, I had this in my portfolio at 16, $17. Um, we're, we're getting some ones in the chat, Spencer, for people that actually use SoFi. Um, so let us know, you know, Christopher, right. Cole, Justin, Hideki, how do you guys like it? I mean, do you like it compared to using and, other investment apps, other banking apps? Yeah. And also what do you, what do you use it for? I just had it up on the screen there. I'll bring it back up. Do you use it for like personal loans? Do you use it for like your credit card? Do you, do you own their ETFs? Do you do it for, you know, use it for investing? Um, I just looked it up. My SoFi is, is 5% of my entire portfolio, which is a lot for me, frankly, in, in one individual stock, uh, 5%. And so I, and I'm, I'm comfortable at, at that. I, I, I'm not going to definitely not buy more. Um, Christopher says he buys more SoFi every Monday. Great. If it's working for you. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of any individual holding any individual stock being more than 10% of my entire portfolio. Five is, 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 is five is good for me. I'm comfortable with, with five. So, um, what do you guys use it for? <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, Christopher likes stash, man. I haven't been on Honestly, I haven't been on Stash. I, I sometimes I forget Stash is still around. True, truly, I Stash was like the hottest thing like four or five years ago, and I, I like never hear about Stash anymore. Um, I, Aaron, to your point, I don't use SoFi for anything. Um, I, not to say I wouldn't, I just don't. Um, also, changing your banks and is people are lazy. I'm lazy. I've been wanting to change. I use Capital One for my banking and I, and I hate it, but I don't change because I'm, you know, it's a pain in the butt to change your bank. Um, well, we know, we know how loyal people can be to brands. So, you know, for me, what my thesis, one of my thesis is on SoFi is that there are a lot of, um, you know, maybe older people that like having a bank account in, say, Bank of America, and then they go to their investment account at Charles Schwab, and they and they have an affinity to these brands. Yeah. But I think over time, we might see that younger people, maybe my generation, even the generation below, might not have this brand loyalty, and instead, they like the convenience of having one place to do it all. Um, I mean, th that's the idea. That's the idea that the company has. And and you were just asking me before we went on the air, Aaron, is you were you were like, well, what is to stop like a Robin Hood from 
doing this? And the answer is is Robinhood. Ro- only Robinhood can stop Robinhood. If they want to do it, if they want to be like SoFi and offer personal loans and credit cards and um, w- insurance, they can do it. They just haven't. Not to say they won't, but they th- in theory, there's nothing stopping them. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine obviously there's going to be a lot of regulatory, uh, you know, hoops that they'll have to jump through to get to that point if they sure. want to become a, a bank or you know offering personal loans um but but that could be something that robin hood looks at down the line if they say hey look we've got you know this money to spend let's let's try to take some market share away from sofi um we i think we will see some competitors come in eventually saying hey look we're, we're also an all-in-one app that you don't need to go through to other places to do your investing um, checking personal loans, but um, it, it seems like right now SoFi is definitely the leader as far as, as someone who has an all-in-one app. Uh, they're obviously spending a lot in marketing endorsements. You know, they have the name to the, that that football stadium out in Los Angeles. Um, Solar Ops asking, can you explain the student loan portion of SoFi's business plan, the status of that financial arm, and the timeline for a potential return to norm? The short answer. To your question, SoFi is no or Solar Up is no, I can't, but we can certainly look into that. Just to uh, going back to the uh, the you know regulation thing, um, SoFi, to my knowledge, still has not gotten their bank charter. To my knowledge, they are we that was like that was my bull case, you know, like a year ago. Uh, well, not a year ago, they didn't go public a year ago. I don't remember, they were still priest back but that was always the bull case was they're going to get a banking charter and they're going to be allowed to operate as a bank it's taking a very very long time i know they they acquired uh this smaller bank called golden pacific that was thought to speed up the process and assure that they would get the banking charter um they haven't gotten that yet to my knowledge supposed to be december justin says thank you justin we've been waiting on this for the entirety of 2021, frankly, some people I'm sure way longer than me because um, I've only owned the stock for a few months. So uh, that that's going to be a catalyst. Uh, Solar Ops question about the student loan portion. I'll be honest. I don't know much about their student loan refinancing. I know they offer it, but that's kind of all I know. I don't I don't I don't. My, my thought here was like they're <clears throat> they're going to do everything. They're going to do everything. Any financial service you need, they're going to do it. Um, that's why I bought the stock. And I guess, look, at the same time, I can acknowledge that this move in the last couple of weeks from fourteen, from 15 to, to 20, right, is kind of dumb. I thought it was dumb at 14, but I also think it's kind of dumb to go up, you know, uh, 33% in – a couple of weeks, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, we, we were down here at $16 at the beginning of the month and now we're at, you know, about 20 and a half. So very big move for, for a stock, but I mean, look, Spencer, we saw it got beaten down back here in, in early summer and June. Um, so, you know, this is one of those things that it could, it could just be more of a technical move than anything else. Um, before we move on to the other big news, Spencer, the, the Bitcoin futures ETF that mm-hmm. opened, mm-hmm. I do have a couple other kind of stocks that are on my multi-bagger watch list. Ones that I think, hey, th- there's definitely downside and risk. But if you allocate, you know, what I'm doing is allocating a very small portion of my portfolio to these stocks saying, hey, I, I think this could go, you know, five over the next 10 years or so. And one of those is QuantumScape. So QuantumScape, um, 
you know, is an EV battery company. And this company has no revenue, no track record, nothing of the sorts. They, the stock ran up back when all the other EV stocks were running up in, in December of 2020, got all the way up above $100 and has just gotten crushed down to $22. Nothing exciting coming out of the stock in the short term or anything. But if, if they get this, you know, solid state battery right, and, you know, they fulfill some of the promises that the, you know, CEO has been making and stuff. I think this could easily, you know, be a huge gainer. And again, I have a very small allocation of my portfolio to this, Spencer, because I think it's completely feasible that this stock goes from 24 down to 10 or, you know, just keeps going down. But there's that chance. Where, that it, where, where are you in from? I am in from like back here at like 40 bucks. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right. Hey, you know what? You've shown that you can take some heat, more heat than I took on SoFi. Um, so props for that, I guess. Well, yeah. Um, and that's the thing is, like I said, with SoFi, Spencer, I, I, if I were you, I wouldn't mind sitting through some losses because um, it, that's not what you're buying it for is for short-term games. You're buying it no. for the long-term chance that, Hey, this is going to be, you know, the fintech leader, you know, mm-hmm. and so, and there, there are story. I mean, like if you would have bought Apple back in, uh, 1980, you were sitting it's, at a loss for like 20 years. Yeah. It's never that easy. Not, yeah, not quite, but it's never that easy. Yeah. Long-term investing is hard. Doing nothing is really, really, really. I know Shelly. I know the chart looks oof. It looks bad. It's not been good. And I said, they have nothing exciting coming out. Uh, solar up saying, isn't it several years away from testing their first battery? Probably. Sure. Probably. The stock is not going to report any revenue or make any money or do anything over the next year, two years, three years. But Hey, maybe this is one of those stocks that I look at at 50 years when I'm 50 years old and say, Hey, I, I bought this at 40 bucks, you know, and it's, uh, one of those. So it's I, again, with, with great growth potential comes, great risk this is why we diversify 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 this is, is why we do that qs <laughs> char- is not apple for charts like this this is why we diversify okay uh mark zuckerberg was in the chat earlier saying facebook is ripping uh the real face uh the real mark zuckerberg i think he is he still sharing or uh selling like a certain amount of shares every single he, day he, i don't know if it's every day he sells every quarter every quarter yeah He's been he's been he's been uh, he's been doing that for a couple of years now for the uh, the initiative that him and his wife are doing. Um, so that's there's nothing new there. Facebook, I mean, I I still hate it. I know it's up twenty bucks in the last week, but I still hate Facebook. So I'm not going to change. Um, and and then uh, Mark Zuckerberg in the chat also brought up Netflix, which we spoke about a lot yesterday. Um, uh, Netflix reports earnings this afternoon. The stock is trading down about half a percent. So I don't know what to make of that, Spencer. You know, maybe maybe uh, big institutions are, are selling ahead of earnings, saying, "Hey, we don't want to, um, you know, I risk." Know. I don't know. Ab, do you want to hang out with us at, at, after the close when Netflix earnings come out? I think they usually are out at like four or five. Let me check. Actually, you can check that in the pro when when. Like what time a company usually report earnings? I'm gonna do that right now. I Mitch have a I, meeting. Mitch at four. and I are gonna hang and watch the uh, watch the earnings come in. Uh, I have Netflix. a meeting at four, but depending on what time the call is at. All right, they're usually out at like four. Wait, it says it says. Oh, you're talking about the actual earnings, not the call. 
I'm talking about the actual earnings. They're usually out at like 401, 402. Based on the last several quarters, for like 402, 401. They're usually out right right after the close. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, so I did yesterday, if you were hanging out with uh, uh, Chris Capri and I, I did mm-hmm. have some open Netflix calls and he, yep. uh, you know, kind of, I'm not going to say urged me, but he told me what he would do. And he said he would take his profits and sell. And I'm glad I did, because if I held on to those calls into today, um, they would have been down a bit. I did. buy so today, really the only option, open option contracts. Well, I'm holding this kind of more longer term swing call on on, uh, QuantumScape just in case uh, that stock starts to take off, because it looks like we were kind of at a point where some buyers were coming in. Um, but I don't feel great about that one. I did buy some more Baba calls. Like I mentioned, Spencer, basically every red day while Baba's still showing strength. I, I've been playing some of these options. So this one's up about 8% right now. Um, yeah, nothing really going on in my portfolio. I do have some buying power after selling yeah. those Netflix calls yesterday. A lot of it's margin, though. Um, so if anyone's got any moves I can make, I'm all ears. I'm all ready. I'm ready to dive into a new stock, a new play. Um, but I have to like the thesis. You can't just tell me, oh, go buy calls on Robinhood, you know, for for no reason. I want I want a good thesis. I want to understand the trade. You know, I think that's very important because then that, that allows me to, if it doesn't work out, saying, okay, here's where my thinking was, why I did this, why it didn't work out. I think that allows me to become a better trader. Uh, yeah, Chris, uh, Chris was on the stream yesterday. You can go check that out. Um I'm trying, I'm looking at my portfolio right now, which I don't do very often, uh, maybe. And I think it's always good to have, like, you, you want to have a balance. Like I don't always want to be like crazy, super off the wall, excited about everything that I own. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I want to, I like the idea of having like a couple of like soup, whatever, whatever you want to call them, like YOLO positions or whatever, like YOLO trades on, the rest of it is, you know, you know, I, I like boring, right? So I've got my my SoFi, which qualifies as a high flyer in there. I've got Airbnb in there. I've got fifty shares of that small position, um, and that's all I've got on like the sexy front. I feel like right now, Air, Airbnb is on my potential multi bagger watch list. Is this list written down somewhere? Or is it in your head? No, I I actually got it written down right here. Oh yeah, I I. I I bought Airbnb at what's my cost basis? Da, 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 um, 153 is where what is it at now? It's at 171. All right. Right All now right. on my on my potential multi-bagger watch list, I have SoFi, I have QuantumScape, I have Airbnb, um, and then that's oh, and, and run, Sun Run. Mm. Okay. That one's been a crazy high flyer. What's Sun Run at? I don't know, but wait, Spencer, look at this. Speaking, you were talking about YOLO. I bought some shares of the YOLO cannabis ETF. I think this is my first ever can, cannabis. Can I ask why you chose that at, of, of over all MS- MSOS? No, no, not necessarily. There's eight or nine cannabis ETFs. I, why'd you pick that one? I like the name. Oh, you see, you see, that's a real thing. People will buy. There is a genuine ticker premium out there. Um, and this is actually a good segue, um, Aaron, into the Bitcoin thing, because there is a two Bitcoin futures ETFs. One opens today, one open tomorrow. The one that opens tomorrow, I suspect, is going to get 
the I I think my hot take here is they're gonna they're gonna be the winner of the two. They're gonna get the most assets because their ticker is BTFD as opposed to the ETF that opened today. The ticker is BITO. BITO is boring. BTFD so, is fun. So wait, let me pull this list back up. So I, I went to the sector ETFs list on Robinhood. We're gonna do okay. a quick scroll through. I've never and- been here before. And point out the tickers that we think are fun. Obviously, you got YOLO up here. That is wait, wait, fun. Wait, 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 wait. Why do you have? I own what? I own. I, I think I own iClean. Why do I have that? Oh no, I don't. I almost. I almost bought iClean. I didn't. Never mind. I was gonna buy it, but then I. I, I, I bought. I bought that at the same time. I bought uh, YOLO. Okay. Actually, I was like, yeah, these uh, these ETFs look good to me. Uh, iClean kind of fun. Uh, not really though. Um, scrolling I mean, down. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. It's like renewable energies. That's but, fun. Moon is Directions, Moonshot Innovators, ETF. Um, let's see. We have MVP, which is Roundhill Pro Sports Media. That, that's a sexy name with this, with a good ticker. Moo, M-O-O, is Vanex Agribusiness ETF. Yep, yep. That's interesting. Uh, five, 5G. Wait, I, I, wait, what are we looking at here? Are these all ETFs that you own? No, no, these are sector ETFs. Just on okay. Robinhood. These are just, just. I, I, the only two that I own, they they put the two that I own at the very top. Yolo oh, okay. And clean. Oh, is that what? That's the check mark. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, um, Moon. We got Moon. We've got. Let's see. You, you know what? You know I have like ten shares of UFO, the space ETF. Yeah, see, that's a fun one too. Yeah, yeah, that one's that's what I think. Wood. That's cool. Is iShares Global Timber and Forestry ETF? Nah, you don't need the, the wood. That if you're buying wood now, you're like seven months too late. So I, I agree. Bed Z Beds Advisor yeah, Shares Hotel ETF. Pass. So, you see, you can. That's the great thing about ETFs is there's an ETF for almost everything and anything. You can get industry industry specific. Like here's like, your UFO. Like, like hotels, yeah, or space. Um, that's the, that's the best part about it. Smog is Vanex low carbon energy. ETF. It's the same. It's the same as I clean more or less. They're different, Gamer. but they're similar. Um, someone on the chat made an interesting comment and I want to go find it now. He said, I, uh, who said it? I forget who said it. It's, they said never buy an ETF on the first day. I wish, I wish I could find who said that. Um, and the idea, oh, I'm not going to, I'm scrolling, I'm not going to find it. Whoever said that, I'm I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to. Okay, forget it. Not going to find it. If you said that, that if that was you, claim claim your price. Um, never buy ETFs on the first day. Wait for them to shake out a little bit. I was, I think, the sentiment that was expressed there. Um, maybe it was you, Patrick. Uh, that, it, it's not quite what WebCoin said. It, it's not quite the same as like a, as like an IPO, right? Because you're tied to other, the ETF is tied to something else. Um, as an example, I mean, I, there is some funkiness that usually happens on the first day. So, for example, AB, can you pull up a chart of BITO? Yes, sir, I can. You can show us where it opened at. I, I don't, I'll tell you where it opened at, but I want to see the chart. Um, it's trading at, it opened at a premium to, to, net, to net asset value. It opened at, what, what like 40 it opened at forty eighty eight, and then it went to forty two fifteen, two dollars over the nav. The nav is forty, right? So there is some funkiness there off the open for sure. 
Um, but it's gonna trigger. Can you get to? It? Thank you, thank you. Um, it it it's gonna trade with Bitcoin futures. I I I've never really heard of somebody waiting. You know, somebody who wanted to buy an ETF like waiting just a day. I can understand not wanting to buy off the open, for sure. But it's gonna trade at at it, it, right now. It's ninety four. So it's trading at ninety four cent premium to nav. I mean, the what's the spread? The spread looks tight. It's one cent spread, so you're super liquid. So this is trading and this is working as it's supposed to right now. There's nothing really crazy going on um, with BITO today. Now, what happens tomorrow when you get BTFD as well is interesting. Now you have two Bitcoin futures ETFs, and in addition to all of this, the, can you pull up the GBTC, please? Because because Grayscale filed with the SEC today to convert their their trust into an ETF. This this is not a, this is not a shoe in. This is not a shoe in um this is a one minute chart. Um yeah, this would be if this were to get approved it, it would definitely be the most exotic bitcoin related security we have in the US. Um cuz the the BITO and the BTFD those are ETFs tied to futures. There's nothing really is that crazy about it. It's just like any other futures-based ETF. The GBTC becoming an ETF would be very different, and it would open the doors up to a lot of other investors. Um, yes, Neil will be on at 1 o'clock. Neil will be on in a half hour, whoever asked that. Shay, um, I know you all miss Neil. We, we, we miss Neil, too. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching the space. I'm watching the BITO. We'll watch the BTFD tomorrow. But I do suspect that, you know, when it's always a, it's always a race to get assets, right? When you have a new ETF, they they typically will launch with money already in the fund. They'll go out and they'll they'll shop themselves to to investors, and they'll they're going to open with money already with from, from some in, institutional investor somewhere, right? Um, and from there though, it's it's typically a race to hundred million dollars. If you can get your ETF. To be above a hundred million dollars in assets, you made it. That's like the bar. Is typically is for like a success. Um, if the ETF can't really gain any traction, doesn't see any inflows, it's liable to get shut down. It happens all the time. It happens every week, right? ETFs close. When that happens, you just get your money back. There's no harm for you, the investor. Um, but I want. We're gonna see. Which Bitcoin futures ETF gets the most? I suspect it'll be BTFD because it's got the cool ticker, as evidenced by Aaron Bree, who bought YOLO because it had a cool ticker. Yep. So, there's that. Um, speaking of YOLO, again, curating some ideas from the chat. Anyone's got any trades I can make? <laughs> Would love to do it live on the show. Um, let me look at my portfolio here. Anything jumps out to me that's like hot right now. I did. Do you want to like buy the dip in Kathy in Kathy Wood? Um, I someone said that someone said buy calls on the ARKK. You know what? Wait, pull up, pull up mine though. Pull up the ARKW. That actually does not look that terrible. We're basically right at a triple top right now. What's and and this is how explain how ARKW is different from ARKK. Uh, ARKK is is the flagship fund from ARK. It's got a little bit a little bit of everything. This one. Like it's got it's got technology, it's got fintech, it's got some biotech, it's got 
a little bit of all for funds, right? The ARKW is like just technology. It's no biotech. If I want a biotech fund, I'll buy, I own IBB. I don't, I don't need more biotech, right? So it's got just technology, just, you know, Tesla. I'll be honest, I'm blanking on the, I'm pulling up the top holdings right now because it's been a while since I've looked at it. Um, and she's always changing stuff. So top holdings of the ARKW, Tesla, great, the GBTC, Coinbase, Twitter, Teladoc, Roku, Unity, Square, Shopify. It's all tech. It's all tech. No, no, no real fintech aside from, I guess, Coinbase. No biotech, none, none of that. Just a broad technology fund. That's why I bought it. We're at some resistance here. I don't hate this chart. Uh, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg in the chat saying Kathy corrected her earlier mistake of having too many small caps. There were some, um, what's the one I'm trying to think of right now? NNDM. There were some holdings in there that just never, whoa, wait. Look how similar those charts look. Hold on. There's the there's the nano chart. Now yeah. let's pull up AR. Wait, no, 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 no. Don't pull it. Overlay. Overlay. Come on. I do that. Compare. Compare. ARKW. Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're going to have to zoom way in. Yeah. I mean, look at that correlation. Wait. Yeah. Look at that. (laughs) That's funny. Well, that's because, I mean, maybe it's just because nano dimension is in like the chip space and next generation ETF. I have no clue, but either way, nano dimension was one of those stocks that like people kept buying because they're like, Oh, Kathy's buying. It's gotta be good. And then it kept going down. So, um, I, I, yeah, I've been, I, I don't know. I, I hate the people that are like so anti Kathy Wood for some reason. Like it seems like she gets a lot of hate on Twitter for as much love she, she as she gets. She gets a lot of hate and people she are does. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Look at the year to date of ARKK or whatever. And it's like, look at the five year return. You know, like we, you can change the time frame to fit your, your, uh, you know, yeah. point. So it's, yep. it's funny. Yep. Kathy gets a lot of hate. Also, Kathy like embraces it. I mean, she's kind of a troll too. So she like, like on Twitter. So I, you know, she embraces it, I think. Um, but yeah. Okay. It's 1230. We, we have our first guest here backstage. George Holmes, the CEO of resident uh, ticker R E S N a five G play. We're going to have to have George explain to explain resident to us. Like we are five because this stuff is complicated. I found. So let's bring George Holmes on here. Do we have our, wait, where's our fancy special guest bumper? There I'll go is. ahead and play that for you right now, Spencer. There it is. George Holmes, welcome to the Power Hour. Hey, nice to see you. Good to see you as well. So please, George, explain to us, like we are five, what Resonant does. Okay. So Resonant is a IP licensing firm. Okay. We license IP to the largest filter manufacturers and uh, in the marketplace. And we license IP and designs to them so that they can in turn sell those designs to handset manufacturers. So the real question is, what is a filter? And a filter is the tiny fences that kind of 
go between the different signals that are coming into your cell phone. And now today there's a hundred different filters in your cell phone that really keep all these different signals, massive wide pipe coming into your phone from colliding. I think the RF filter, I think that's what I wasn't understanding when I was reading up on you. This is like, so So you're basically just a, you're a 5G play. That, that's what this is. We have a legacy business that is sub three gigahertz, which is 2G, 3G, 4G. Yep. Uh, standard products that we designed, we put on the shelf and we license those designs to a variety of different customers. And then on the 5G front, we invented kind of a next generation filter technology uh, leveraging what we call an X-bar based filter. And that is ideally suited for 5G and beyond. So high frequency, high power, wide bandwidth, really does all the things that you want to see in a 5G and beyond filter. So if your, your customers are licensing your IP in the filters that they sell, because you don't actually sell the filters, right? You, 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 we design them and they manufacture them right. on their okay. manufacturing line, correct. So, so the more that they manufacture and sell, that's more, that's more revenue for you, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So can you speak a little bit to, to that, to that demand and, and just what you, what you've seen from your customers as far as the amount of RF filters that, that have shipped this year, maybe compared to last year or two years ago. Okay. So let me back you up a little bit and talk to you about licensing companies in general, because that is something that all investors get really excited about because they remember when arm as a licensing firm, couple billion in revenue sold for over 30 billion. So they think about that model and get really, really excited about it. But what they don't understand is the, took, the time it took ARM to get from no revenue to that $2 billion time frame was 15, 20 years. Uh, you know, it took them 10 years to get their first million dollars in revenue. And the reason being is because they get paid as a percentage of the end product sale. Um, we went down that path for uh, about three and a half years. Um, licensing designs to the major filter manufacturers in sub three gigahertz. And what we, we identified is it was going to take a very long time to stack up the number of designs it would take to get the company cash flow break even. So we looked at the model and then we said, okay, as we develop new technologies, if we had a truly cutting edge technology, we could probably change the model a little bit to make it so we get paid first and not have to be concerned about how successful our customers are in the marketplace. Because even the largest customers, the Broadcoms, the Qualcomms, the Corvos, the Skyworks, they don't see all of their designs that they win go into production. It's 50 to 60% of the sockets they win actually truly get into production. So for us as a licensing company, we only get paid on a per unit royalty basis when our customer actually ships product. So we changed that model a little bit when we came out with our XBAR technology. And the reason we were able to do so is because that resonator, that X-bar filter is so unique and so novel that we're able to actually get paid in advance. What, what exactly was unique about it? It's the fact that it actually operates natively with greater than 10% bandwidth. So what you want to see in a 5G filter is very wide bandwidth. And in some cases, we're seeing north of 20% bandwidth as the requirement for these devices. And that's just so you can get a wide, clean pipe coming into the phone. 
And these devices, these XBAR-based filters natively operate that way. We don't have to do things like scandium dope or subband two devices, so two lower frequency devices, combining them together with switches to create a wide bandwidth pipe. We do it all natively with a single device. So very, very unique, very novel, and something that we were able to demonstrate about a year and a half, almost two years ago now, uh, and then ultimately contracted with the world's largest filter manufacturer uh, to design and develop devices specifically for them. And, exactly. that's, a, and that's an announcement that we made, uh, again, a, a follow-on development for them uh, we just announced two weeks ago, and that is Mirada. That, right. Not a so company. Not a company well known in the in the U.S., but very well known on a worldwide basis as not only a passive component manufacturer, but also the largest RF filter manufacturer with thirty to forty percent market share. So, can you paint a picture for us, um, George, in terms of just RF filter demand right now? Oh, <laughs> well, I think that the most interesting thing to think about. Let's talk about it just per device. Because sure. that'll give you a really uh, a real good idea at the scale that we're seeing these RF filters grow to. The first iPhone had less than a couple handfuls of filters in that device. Today's most recent iPhone, about 100 filters in that device. So if you think about the number of devices that are actually being designed and developed on an annual basis now just to support the major filter manufacturers, we're talking in the tens of billions of units annually. So big, big numbers. These devices are very, very small. So when you're putting a hundred of these devices in a cell phone, you're thinking about very, very small devices that in and of itself, the filter is about the size of a grain of sand. Um, wow. George, I got a question that I don't know if you're going to have a, a great answer for me for it, but how come sometimes, you know, when I'm using my cell phone, <laughs> It says I get I have fine service. I've got four bars or whatever, and then my Twitter or, or something won't load. Dude, dude, <laughs> well, this is, look, I can be tech support for you, and uh, let's see what we can do here. No, actually, it's a it's a it's a great question because Thank these you. are real world experiences that we all have, whether it be talking on the phone and then running adjacent applications. When those applications aren't working well, that means you're getting channel-to-channel -channel interference. And so you could easily block out a, a full section of the data path that's coming into your phone if you don't have good filters. This is a great example of filters not working well. Another great example of filters not working well, and we, we've all had this experience, we're talking on the phone for five or 10 minutes and our phone starts getting hot. Well, the reason your phone gets hot is because you're not getting good connectivity and the filters aren't working well and the power amplifiers that are connected to the antenna are turning up the gain to try to continue to transmit and receive that signal and as they turn up the gain more power is generated more heat's generated your phone gets hot your battery levels drop to to, to drop to a very low level and that's a real world experience that we have when your filters aren't working well your experience is another one you know, multiple different applications trying to work at the same time. You can't do it if the filters aren't doing their job. Got this it. Thank you. Be, this is going to be even more important as we look at 5G and Wi-Fi 6E. I, so now you're seeing the new Wi-Fi 6E category, and that requires tremendous rejection at the high end against things like AWB. 
So these are new applications that are coming out as these next generation phones come out and you want all of these functions to be able to work simultaneously. And they can't I, do it without good filtering. I was going to ask about 6G because I heard about that for the first time like a month ago. Well, it's been it's been going on for a while. Okay. Um, a little over a year ago, the FCC uh, opened up the higher end of the frequency band and actually created Wi-Fi 6E, which creates a uh, an opportunity in the in the seven gigahertz range. Um, and now you're rapidly approaching some of these higher frequency applications like AWB. And what that requires ultimately is it requires filters that have very steep angles, so they look like very much like a square wave. Uh, very steep angles, so they have great rejection channel to channel. So you don't want your Wi-Fi bumping up against your, you know, your cell call. You don't want your Bluetooth signals bumping up against. You don't want, you know, all the different signals. You don't want your neighbor's phone call bumping up against yours. All of these things require really good filtering. So, so George, how do you sell someone who is maybe skeptical on 5G uh, on 6G, you know, we're already moving on to the next one, and we haven't even all gotten the, the 5G implemented I, yet. I, I got I got conned. I bought a 5G enabled phone, and I don't have 5G in my area. I got conned. <laughs> I got conned. Well, you know, that's the, the tremendous thing, right? I mean, as we look at these different standards, right? Standards take a long time to develop. They take a long time to deploy, and they have tremendously long life cycles. A life cycle of a a generation in cellular is 20 to 30 years, right? I mean, you're probably, you know, if you have AT&T as a service provider, you've probably over the course of the last two or three months gotten a phone call and they, where they're telling you they're turning off 3G in your area. They're trying to move everybody up to either a 4G or a 5G phone. They want to turn down that old service. That happens, for, you know, as these technologies life cycle out. But still today, if you look at where we are in 5G, lots of hype, uh, you know, with the, the latest, you know, introduction of the iPhone. Hey, should I run out and buy it? Uh, is it going to give a, a tremendous 5G experience? Yet what we've learned with the teardowns of, of these new phones is that the RF front end is very much uh, the same as what was in the last generation phone, which was kind of the first entree into 5G. And in large part, that's because the networks aren't fully deployed. Uh, you see right now, we all, you know, we all see the commercials where T-Mobile's got nationwide coverage. They show their competitors having less coverage. Depending on what area you live in, you might have very good coverage. If you're in downtown Chicago, Verizon's going to be your guy. They've got great coverage there. And what we're going to see over the course of the next couple of years as deployments continue we're going to see that the performance that you get in your phone is going to increase. It's going to start at, you know, places that where we have high density, like, um, you know, uh, in stadiums, at airports, uh, you know, convention centers. So there's going to be the first ones to get, you know, this massive 5G deployments and then starting to expand out into the, you know, uh, the rural areas so that, you know, a couple of years from now, we'll be seeing, you know, full 5G connectivity. And we'll be able to get that rich user experience that we all have seen on television is going to be there for us, whether it be, you know, virtual reality, near virtual reality on our phone. You know, for me, the thing that's most important, and I've talked about this before, 
you know, I'm at the airport running through the airport late to an airplane. And I know I've got, you know, four or five hours on the plane. I just want to get the latest movie that I want to download onto my phone so I can watch it on the, watch it on the plane. Well, today that's a 20 to 30 minute exercise using airport Wi-Fi. With full 5G in the airport, that's going to be 30 seconds. I can get a couple of movies on, uh, you know, on my phone and get ready to go uh, on that next plane flight. Got it. Um, George, real quick, I got the, uh, you know, stock chart pulled up here. What do you attribute this big run up that we had back in, you know, uh, late December, early January and February of, of this year? You know, uh, we got caught up in the same uh, in the same uptick that a lot of micro cap and small cap companies did with all the things that were happening in the in the first quarter. Um, you know, it's interesting as a micro cap company. Um, we look at the the stock price, and we really do believe we're an undervalued entity, given the um, the contracts we have in place, the fact that we have uh, line of sight to cash flow break even as a as a small microcap startup, um, and we've got the biggest partner on the planet is our customer. So we think the value should be higher, but you know, at the end of the day, the stock price is what it is. Can't really do a lot about it. Uh, we hope that uh, you know our investors are happy with the work that we're doing. We get a lot of good feedback, and we continue to be focused on running and growing the business. And the stock price will do what the stock price does. George Holmes, CEO of Resonant ticker RESN. George, thanks a lot for explaining some of this to us because uh, I feel like I should know more about it than I do. But 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 uh, it's 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 kind of, it's like inside baseball networking stuff so i appreciate you uh taking time to to explain to us thanks a lot george all right uh okay it's twelve forty six, ab we're gonna have neil hamilton on on this show before we get neil on maybe 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 is that good I, I don't know i mean wait but before we go to neil though i just want to do a quick crypto update can we do one of those yeah let's, um let me go ahead and get In honor of this, on the first day of our Bitcoin futures ETF, we are in the green in Bitcoin up 1.5%. ETH joining the party. Nice to see you, Ethereum, up 1.68%. Yesterday's big winner, Dogecoin, not so fast today. Um, let's pull up some individual charts. Can you go into your pro for me, uh, AB, and pull up some Bitcoin or, or, or ETH or some uh Solano or Binance coin chat. What, what cryptos are you watching today? I can uh, do that. Spencer. I, I also see Ron Hart in the chat. I think he's catching up. He might be a little behind, but he's asking what ETF is the best. What yet. ETF ticker is the best yet? Oh, what the, what's the best ETF ticker? That is a great question, Ron. Maybe we'll do a whole, a whole show about that. Um, personally, I'm partial to verbs. There are some ETFs that are verbs that I think are great. Um, Moo, which we mentioned earlier, is, is a good one. Um, uh, I like one that one that I like is Nail, which is Directions Home yeah. Builders. You know, it just makes sense. It's a home builders and supplies, uh, leveraged uh, fund, and it, it's called Nail. It's it's fun. Um, there's yeah. some other fun one as well. As we, we'll, we'll, we will we'll have to do a whole segment on that. One day, Raz was on here and he completely. He got me. He was he was razzing me and was like, "Oh, type in uh, 
you know, all these inappropriate tickers, like thing. And I was like, so gullible. I was like, wait, that's a ticker. And then I typed it in and he'd just be laughing. He's like, no, you idiot, you know, you schmuck. Um, that's a, that's a, uh, Yolo's a good one, which you own. Um, I like Moo. I like, I like, um, Oh now I'm now I'm blanking. There's uh, gush, there's gush and drip. Those are uh, fun. Those yeah, directions got some good ones. Directions got some good ones, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I, I'm I'm blanking now on like good tickers, but builder, yeah. Now, I'm a big fan of the BTFD that we're gonna get tomorrow. That Bitcoin ETF that's hoping tomorrow. I'm a big fan of that one. BTFD, that's that's good. Um, uh, what would you you ask for? What you ask for, Spencer? You asked for Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Pull a Bitcoin, please. Pull a Bitcoin so we can. We, we got off, off off track there. This is a daily. Just what I want to see. Okay. Hey, now, what is that high from April? Ab, we're right there. Yeah, I think we got up to sixty four thousand back in April. Okay. Yeah, sixty four ninety. It looks like or sixty four thousand nine hundred. We're on the precipice. Yes uh sure i don't you know that you can't use those big words with me but if you're saying we're right on the doorstep then then i agree um we're on the precipice of the doorstep how about that uh sure the doorstep of the doorstep um back here if you remember spencer when we were when we had this weakness it was all doom and gloom you know people were saying oh my god coinbase you know Bitcoin traffic and transactions have gone down eighty percent. You know all this. A lot it, of tech. Yes, oh. yeah, and we, you're right. And I, you, we saw that in our business because Bitcoin track, like search traffic and referral traffic, and like we saw it firsthand. May, like May was wild. June was not. Right. We um, saw a massive decline in just in general search interest in Bitcoin. And a lot of pure technical traders were saying, oh, yeah, you know, technicals are saying this is going back down here to 18,000. And, you know, it shows you that te technicals can be a great, uh, you know, tool for trading all this. But it's not an end all be all. You can't say, oh, this is for sure going here because of technicals or it's for sure going to bounce here. You know, things happen. So we saw buyers come in at 30,000. Obviously, that's a big psychological level. Anytime you get these round numbers, you know, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000. Um, I imagine 75,000 will be a big psychological level for Bitcoin. Uh, it, it plays, it plays into it, but, um, yeah, it was, it's interesting looking back on it now. Cause at the time it certainly seemed feasible. Hey, we could continue dropping, you know, another 30, 40%. But as it turned out, we got some buyers, we've showed strength since then. Um, and now we're right back up to all-time highs. The, the thing you always have to remember with Bitcoin, Shelly's saying, oh, the volume is decreasing, though. But you have to account for the meme factor here. Or not the meme factor, for the viral factor. Because um, at, at the rate that we're at, we're going to make a new all-time high in Bitcoin in a couple of days. Okay, And when that happens, you know, because it happens every single time, word's going to get around. It's gonna it's gonna be in every in, in every headline in every news outlet in the world that follows this stuff, right? It's gonna be on Good Morning America and the Today Show, which are the big morning shows in the U.S., right? Bitcoin new all time high, and if that weren't enough, uh, we're coming into Thanksgiving. The, uh, I I'll never forget what Bitcoin did the week after Thanksgiving 2017 and went ridiculous because everybody was talking about it with their families. Um, that's not, that's not for another month. But my point is when Bitcoin makes new highs, you have to account for the viralness of that. 
which will lead, which very often leads to new all-time highs. So it wouldn't shock me for a second if you see a massive volume spike in the next couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months, if we can get to new highs here, because that's what Bitcoin does. It get it makes new highs. And people get really, really, really excited. Yep. Um, Spencer, I've got an interesting chart pulled up on my other screen right now. Let me get it pulled up. Is it related to crypto? No. Okay, so before you go to that chart, I want to remind everyone that, hey, speaking of Bitcoin going to the moon, you can get $50 in Bitcoin for free. All you have to do is go to Voyager, download the app, fund your account with $100, use the offer code ZING, and make your first trade. And then they'll give you free Bitcoin. Funny how that works out. AB, what chart were you looking at? I was looking at, so I, I saw Webcoin put in a definition for precipice in the chat. I wanted to see if there were alternative definitions. Um, so the definition for precipice from Google, a very steep rock face or cliff, especially a tall one. Spencer, I don't know what you're trying to insinuate there. If you think that, you know, we're about to fall off a cliff here. I have no clue. But no. this is the chart for use over time precipice. <laughs> All the way up here back in 1826, we saw it peak up here, and then we had a big sell-off and come all the way down here before buyers came back in and started using precipice a little. When was the bottom? The 90s? The bottom was in, yep, 1990 um, particularly. So uh, We are are in a 30-year uptrend. Yep, it's been showing strength for the past 30 years, Spencer. I don't know, maybe you've been reading some – Jane Mark, Austen or something yeah, from I was back reading, here. I was reading Mark Twain over the weekend. Mark Twain. Hey, shout out uh, Mark Twain's a Missouri guy. Do you know his real name? Bonus Every, points. Everyone knows his real name. Samuel Clemens. Shit. I thought that, I thought that was like a <laughs> Everybody Missouri, knows that. I thought that was like a Missouri fun fact. It's <laughs> not a fun fact. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, anyway. Okay. Um, no, I was. I said Bitcoin is uh, we're on the precipice of new highs, meaning like we're, we're right there. You know, like if, if we're on the cliff. Okay. But, I see it. I, mean? I like, see it. And you're all going to go over the cliff. We're on the press. That's the precipice. We're on the precipice. They're going to go over into new highs is what I was trying to say with that. Got it. My, my, my language my language is too, it's too advanced. My diction is far too advanced for this show. I need to. Yeah. Great diction. Great, um, you know, vocabulary displayed there. I'm going to, I saw someone else in the chat throughout run i'm gonna pull that up on my benzinga pro so i i like run a lot long term i do have some questions i guess you could say for the company oh wow runs ripping today yeah this is in my long-term portfolio in my ira uh so wait 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 you hold individual stocks in your ira i don't i didn't really know you could do that maybe yeah dude you can do you can trade options in your ira all right that's stupid well you can i don't i think a lot will like uh, i think a lot will uh, that is dumb prohibit you prohibit you from doing so continue um so run if you're unfamiliar with a company is aiming to be like the leader in residential so let's just read the overview that's better than me giving it sunrun provides homeowners with clean affordable solar energy and storage i gotta get this thing is blocking me from being able to read it. Oh, well, well. Hmm. All right. It, whatever design development. Um, so, so here's my one, I guess, question for the company is, so it, it's aiming to be the leader for residential. So you're building a home now. 
and you want solar panels. Sunrun is the leader in um, providing those solar panels to homeowners. I just, I, I would like to see them get into the B2B kind of commercial space. I don't know if, if uh, you know, there's going to be enough homeowners building homes, individuals, people like you and I, Spencer, as customers. When in, I think I'd like to see them say, hey, we, yeah, we're partnering with Walmart. We're going to provide solar panels to, to all Walmarts across the country. I think things like business partnerships along that nature will really take Sunrun to the next level. Um, but I am bullish long-term clean energy. And I, I think this is one of those individual individual names in clean energy uh, that will be an industry leader that will outperform the, the rest of the industry. See, that's why I looked at a, com- uh, a fund like iClean, which I ended up not buying it, but iClean's got Sunrun and all the other ones. So I just, you know. Jay Rice saying he's been trading uh, options in his IRA for 20 years. Damn. All right. Good on that you. Is... Good on you, Jay. Chris, Christian well, Gallagher. I mean, good on you if you can make money. Off if, if you've been making I, Well, I assume he's making money because why would I do it for 20 <laughs> years if he's been losing money, you know? I I, I suppose. I suppose. Um, can you pull up Tesla for a second here, man? Because we're going to get Tesla earnings tomorrow. Do? And I just wanted to look. I, I looked at this yesterday, and I, I want to reaffirm it again today that Tesla, if you go back and look at the data for the last three years, Tesla is more likely than not to trade higher after its earnings reports. Um, oh, that's foo-foo, Spencer. You don't know what Tesla's going to do after its earnings reports. You're right. I don't know. But I'm saying it's more likely than not to trade higher two days, three days, one week, two weeks. After earnings, going back the last three years, that's all I'm saying. I know there are a couple of, uh, I'm not even talking about like average move. I'm just, I'm talking about times that you're up versus times that you're down. And it's more like, it's, it's twice as likely to trade higher than it is to trade lower. Um, following Christian, earnings support. Christian Gallagher, yes, I sold the, I had a Netflix call yesterday that I ended up selling before market closed because Chris Capri, that guy. He he knows what he's talking about. And sometimes I, I like to take advice from people that uh, you know know more than I do, or that they've been doing it longer than me. So that's one where I say, "Hey, Chris Capri is telling me to do this." Or he said, "If I were in your shoes, I would do this." And I'd say, "You know what? I'm going to listen to that guy. He's he's a good guy. Knows what he's talking about." I sold my Netflix call. He's bought a good some more guy. Bob. Bought some more Baba calls today. Let's check in on how those are doing. Um, Bob, AB, 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 you and I need to sell some calls together. Okay. Or sell some puts. You want to sell some puts on something? Yeah. But let's see. Like I was just saying that I like to listen to someone who knows more than I do. Let's get like Rob Roy on and have him walk us through it. Okay. Well, let's you and I sell some, sell some puts on something and makes, let's make some money. Let's get some income. Yeah. I mean, so selling puts particularly, I know, I know enough to be dangerous. I know you want to do it on stocks you'd be willing to hold at that lower price. So maybe we can do it on a, on a stock like uh, uh, like SoFi. Like say like, oh, I'd be willing to buy SoFi at $17. So we're going to sell puts at $17, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Starr is asking what happened to your AMC calls. So Luke and I bought AMC calls. They're actually in his portfolio. I, you know, we, we split the risk, split the equity, the trade ended up working out. So lo and behold, now it's not Luke and I's trade. It's now just Luke's trade because it worked out and was profitable. Um, but Luke actually, I don't know if it was by accident or on purpose, but exercised the option instead of selling the contract for more money than he bought it for. 
So then Luke had about, uh, I don't know, I have like 500 shares of AMC or however many contracts we had. And then we sold them yesterday while the stock was up 5%. Wait, why didn't he come on the show and do that? Luke is a busy, busy guy. Man. All right, we'll have to get Luke on the show. I, I mean, yeah, Luke has an open invitation to come back. Same, same with Neil Hamilton. He has an open invitation to come on the stream. Um, oh, wait, there he is, Neil. Wait, wait, hey, there he is. Hey, how was New York, man? I saw uh, you. Oh, yeah, you were, it was good. It was good. Thanks for your help on that. Okay. Um, it was the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference. So those of you that tuned in, thank you very much for watching. Um, and Spencer, thank you very much for holding it down at headquarters here. And AB, just thanks for being you. Wait, I was holding it down more at headquarters than Spencer was. Is that true, Spencer? Spencer well, was home. I wasn't physically at the headquarters. I was physically at the home quarters. Uh, you know where the real headquarters is, Spencer? My house. Look, look down. Look down. It's right here on the left side of your chest. Right there. Yeah. That's where the head. Well, actually, no. I, I I have that condition where your your organs are are uh, inverted, so it might you know. <laughs> it sounds like a very serious condition. <laughs> First, I'm hearing about this. <laughs> I no, I was put in charge. It was very clear. I I was put in charge when the company left to New York. <laughs> I can't even imagine being in the office last week when Aaron, with Aaron Breed in charge. It wasn't like Jason or Luke's call. It was Danny G. Uh, Mr. Gilbert called me and said, "Hey, oh. man, you're you got to step up." And I said, "Wow, these are big shoes to fill, like literally." J- and Jason shoes? No, Lou. Luke wears like a size like yeah, fourteen are, or yeah, something. So I was shoes. like, "All right, like I'll, I'll put on these clown shoes." Um, but it, it worked out. We survived. Nothing burnt down. Um, small fire that we had to put out. Is, nothing actually got burnt down. What is one thing, Aaron Bree, that if you were the owner of Benzinga for a day? that you would change about the company? Mm. Aaron Bree's salary. That's not a real no, answer. Yeah, um, I like it. I like it. Um, what, what, Cold-blooded. What you, you, you know what I would do? I would, I would meet with every single person for 10 minutes, and I would say, hey, what do you do here? And I would spell it out in bullet points, and at the end, end of the day, I would have 5,500 bullet points, and I would organize it and then be happy. What is everything that you do? Tell me everything you do on a given day, in a given week. I'm just thinking of Office Space. I was just talking about that movie yesterday because I and then I, to... and then I would find out how many people do the same thing and don't know it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's what I would do. Like the two I went of you. Someone... Yeah. Exactly. To some extent, to some extent, I, w- I went up to someone yesterday and I was like, "Oh, does someone have a case of the Mondays?" And then I don't think they like got the joke from the movie. And it's old yeah. now, man. It's kind of awkward. It, no one sits and watches Comedy Central where they used to rerun it like every, you know, two days. But wait, before we remember get that? To, to, yeah, yeah. Before we no, get you to know, get... you're way too young. No, no, I remember that. No, you do, Spencer. This kid, yeah, this kid doesn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, what do you want? I used to watch Comedy. Before we, I, I want to make a lunch bet with Spencer. Spencer just said when Bitcoin hits new all time highs, it's going to be on Good Morning America. I don't think so. I think they're going to have like Man, I'm not good. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about to watch that to to know if they're going right to have like wrong. whatever kid, uh, you know, like sold a hundred candy bars at a you know to raise money for you know they have like all feel good stories. They're not going to have Bitcoin all time highs. 
Yeah, they will. Have right. they done it before? Lunch bet. They, 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 yeah, that's that's clickbaity enough for them to have. They'll I, do that. I don't know how you. What do you do? The second it makes a new high, it's gonna. No, I don't know when it's gonna be. I don't know. I mean, how do you make a bet out of that? You say in de- Bitcoin makes a new high, and then if in the next two weeks it's on, I don't know how you. Yeah, I don't know how you. The parameters know. for that better. The parameters of this better. I, I do stupid. think that like, that's that's Good Morning America stuff. You won't believe what made this you know twenty-two year old a millionaire coming up next. Okay, yeah, that's add, that's add, a story. That see, that's back. a story that they would have on. But then if they just did Bitcoin all-time highs, their average viewing age is like sixty. Then they got to go. So what is Bitcoin? And then have a. 50 15 minute segment trying to explain blockchain to some boomers i just don't i think the producers are like hey look that's that's uh, that's going to be a big task we can just stick to our bread and butter which is uh you know S- selling girl scout cookies to segments. raise money okay fine neil you have some charts for us i bet you do oh you want me to do charts i mean i thought that's why we're here all right hey Hey, we know this one. This is like your number one or two top performing ETF of the whole year. Dude, I I, I was in chat earlier and I was trying to ask you because I know you're the ETF man, Spencer, what your favorite ETF is. Someone asked what the best tickers were and I kind of blanked for a minute. Um, uh, <laughs> Dude, look at this thing. All right. So B dry. Let's compare it to what's a what's a, a popular ETF like obviously the indices, but what's a, a popular ETF we can compare it to? The spy, ARKK. The SPY. Let's just do SPY and then an ARKK. Um, hey, Aaron, do you see how I can compare it to two tickers at the same time? You do that in a big thing of promo, man. Yeah, I know, but I um, like this because I can... Um, so anyways, uh, look at this. We've got the percentage gain, and let's just look at the past year. Just yeah, looking from yeah, the beginning so of the year. You, you know what's pretty wild? Usually when I look at uh, like ETF performance, I'll strip out the leverage funds because that's basically like cheating because they 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 of course they use leverage to magnify their gains. So, but if you if you don't even do that, if you just look at the entire ETF universe, including leveraged funds and inverse funds, look at all ten thousand of them or whatever. Um, the best performing ETF this year is BDRY. It is up three hundred eighty-four percent. So okay, so since I got uh, uh, the fundies here. Why is that? I have absolutely no idea. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dude, supply chain issues. It's sh- I, dry shipping, bro. Look right. at this big old dip and then the rip after COVID. But this is March, no? But it's also yeah. it's also a futures-based ETF and those are those can be those can do some weird things. Um you, you've got ships stuck in stuck in port right now not moving. Like that would indicate not supply a good demand, thing. Maybe prices so, go up. We can't get this stuff to you. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's like, that makes sense on the surface, but we, it's probably more complicated than that. Yeah, it always is. It always is. But I see chart go up. I like 384% this year. Madness. Ridiculous. But within I, that, within that, you had a couple of tough go. You had a couple, a couple of tough periods there. You had some periods where it was the biggest loser. I know. Cause I check every week and there's some weeks there. <laughs> there's some weeks there where BDRY was your biggest loser. A well, there, there's your problem with one like this. You can't check every week, right? I know. Um, all right, let me pull off this this comparison. Yeah, Beedry just ripping. I actually grabbed some because I like what it's doing right now. Um, 
I wanted to uh, take a look at Bitcoin, but I don't know what you guys have covered. I don't want to cover anything that everyone's already bored with. I mean, I, I saw that we're basically coming to a new high right now. Almost. Of these. So um, yeah, it's about to hit sixty-five thousand again. That's the the mark if it rips through sixty-five thousand. Put on your seatbelt. Um. All right, now we're looking at this properly. Um, I've been zooming out a lot lately. I've been. Uh, oh, I like zooming out. out. I like looking left. <laughs> <laughs> These are just like get, just like technical buzzwords. <laughs> I, I like to look left. I can look left all the time, <laughs> on, on the charts and in my life. <laughs> good, 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 good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very pleased with B dry. Um. You can see it already hit its sort of price target coming out of this uh, uh, bottom formation, but still some potential there. Um, all right, guys, let me know what tickers in the chat. Uh, let me know what tickers you're not bored with already. Um, and we'll just do the technical thing. We will look at the charts. We will set price targets. We will set stop losses. Uh, we will do all of that using our, our technical analysis pro as Tilray? no not Tilray. anything but that Spencer, okay am i allowed to look at it Spencer, look at no? the chart I mean, what is it to say about Tilray? <laughs> uh so the monthlies the month here, here i can just give you an answer Tilray chart's broken because it went to 300 one day um, Tilray, not showing signs of life at this moment. Just draw a line. All right, body. They just passed to news like a fart. They just passed to news. <laughs> we passed it. I I, I I passed news a new stone last week. Um, Did you actually? No. Have you ever had a kidney stone? No. No. If anyone at Benzinga is going to be out of the office for a kidney stone, Spencer, it's probably going to be you. <laughs> it's uh, no, I'm, I'm going to be back in the office next week. I'm not. I'm not allowed to come back in the office this week. I was told don't come in. Well, yeah, dude. So, so. um, well, I, I'm I'm really glad to see that you're you're healthy. Yeah, uh, yeah, Thank you. at least. I feel good. Wait, wait, go to body, beach body. The was it a was it a spack or an IPO? It was a spack, wasn't it? It was a spack. So you're probably looking at body because you're bottom feeding, right? Bottom fishing is a nice way to say that. Um, so is this a rat snack, I, I guess, is is the idea. So you got two things going for you right now. We're looking at the daily. Um, the two things that you've got going um, is that, number one, you've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days of this stock telling you it doesn't want to go below about 510, 511. Um, you've also got the... Uh, the oversoldness happening here, which is often an indication um, that some buyers are about to come in. However, we don't move until the market comes to us. So with body, we want to make sure that we're breaking above this level that we keep trying to get above. Um, so we've got our lower boundary at about 510, 511. Um, but we want to get above where this sideways trading is happening at 550. Um, I think a solid day candle body close above 550 is your entry for body uh, if you want to go long. 
until then, there's no telling how long this stock will continue in this direction. There's also the chance that it can just disappoint you and go in the other direction. Um, don't just buy stocks just because they're cheap. Buy stocks because they're showing you that they want to keep going in a particular direction. Great. Blend? Somebody asked about Blend this morning. I, I think it was this morning. Um Similar situation. Similar situation. I actually don't really. This is this isn't terribly interesting to me at the moment. Again, you've got this level. Um, so what happened? We opened right here on the thirtieth of September, um, and then here uh, on the 29th, we closed at right about fourteen dollars and eight cents. There are a ton of people that thought they were getting a deal on blend um, at this price. And they've been waiting for it to get to this price again so they can break even, so they can dump those shares. They're they're holding the bag and they just want to flip that bag over and 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 get the hell out. But they're waiting for it to come back up. Well, we've got the big bump up, and then the the price of this stock stopped moving because all these folks wanted to dump the bag. So they dumped the bag, a bunch of sellers came in. Um, so you can see like just very clearly uh, from what's happening with the price here, where the buyers and sellers are, where the supply and demand is. Um, there was a bunch of supply right here, um, and that's what stopped us. Now, we don't have any indication that this momentum that we have is going to continue just yet. Um, not willing to take any bets on it. However, as a swing trader, if you want to go down to your four-hour charts, um, you may look at This as a very short-term pattern and something that you need to remember about patterns is that the longer they take to form, the more likely they are to resolve in the direction you want them to resolve in. Um, short-term ones, less likely, more likely to break down whipsaw and not go in the opposite direction. Um, but when we're looking at this thing right here, we do have a double bottom. Boom, just like that. Little double bottom. And then this line at the top is what you call the neckline for that double bottom. I'm going to go ahead and use my template for my breakout resistance right there and get rid of this other line that I got. Um, so that's your breakout resistance right there for blend. Uh, so you've got a fairly, for a fairly long period of time, sustained downward trend. And then now you have one of the most common trend reversal patterns forming on your four hour chart. It's a little bit spotty. Um, but if you get that solid day candle close above this neckline, um, you might even want to raise that a little bit based on previous resistance. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and just bring that right up. That's where I'm more comfortable. Um, why am I more comfortable there? Because this wick here in the middle is, is up there and that's at about 1422. Um, so I want to see a solid day candle close or you know you can go lower than that depending on how aggressive you want to be is just it just depends on how much time you got to sit sit and watch the charts um candle close above that level before we can target we go to the lowest point up to the neckline draw ourselves a line 
All right. See that line lines up with the previous support. That's where buyers were willing to come in in the past. And all that is, is the neckline less the lowest point in our double bottom. You take that number, that difference between those two price levels and add that to the neckline that gets you up to about $15.77. And that gets you to an area where the buyers were willing to come in in the past. Um, and that's your price target. Um, so what we're going to do here is just get a little more pedagogic with this and go boom, boom, boom. That, that, Charlie, looks like price. It, that Charlie looks like it's rated PG-13, man. Oh, I, I do rated R charts usually, but I'm oh, trying to, right. I know that, right. I know that some people are uncomfortable with that. Um, so this is your entry right here. Um, and then the stop loss, I'm usually looking for a stop loss, just like 10 or, or less, depending on, on how good I feel about the trade. Um, taking my ruler tool going down. And what the way that I do is I take this ruler, I'm watching the percentage decrease whilst also watching levels. Um, and I can see that there's this next level here of support, um, which is about halfway up through the double bottom. If this stock breaks down past that, I want out. Um, so I'll say about 7% is going to be my stop loss. Um, so I'll go ahead and grab my line tool and go boom, boom, boom. Stop loss right about there. Um, and then if you get a reversal, remember scale in, scale out of trades. So this is just the first target price. Let me go ahead and get out the old Fibonacci tool. Um, and we'll go to right about where this trend reversed right here, down here. Yep. You got some upcoming targets there. So I can slap another target price here. And then one more target price. And then I'll put the, uh, the dollar amounts on those. Boom. 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 There you go. That's the trade. Uh, all right, Spencer, what do you want to do next? Uh, why don't you look at this one that AB brought up earlier? The bag. He's holding the bag so hard in QuantumScape. Why don't you take a look at that? I'm curious what you think. I know what I think, but what do you think? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that doesn't look so bad when you put it that way. Um, I mean, uh, still, yeah, it still, just, it still looks bad. What am I saying? What, what I'll say to the folks here, let me know if you guys do this too. Give me a one if you do this. Well, Mark is asking if I'll ever buy Palantir again. Yes. Um, I, I'm not saying that I am doing that right away, but yeah, I would. Um, let me know. Give me a one in chat if you've been doing this. If you remember to do this, give me a two if it's something you think you can work on. 
Um, but lately I've been focusing a lot more on longer time frames. I've, I've been getting more aggressive with day trades and, and swing trades and stuff like that. Um, and I've neglected to zoom out and look at the broader trend on like my monthly candles. Um, give me a one if that's something that you remember to do um, and you keep up on it. Give me a two if you, if you think that's something that, that you, you got to remember to do and maybe work on a little bit more. Um, yeah, Christopher, I feel you. That's where I was up until very recently. Good job, guys. Good job. When in doubt, zoom out. <clears throat> um, all right. So we're looking at uh, Quantum, Scape, Corporation, QS. Um, nothing. So we were a little bit oversold uh, uh, like several weeks back. So nothing terribly interesting there. Let's look at the daily. Um so this is this can be interesting because this can be the beginning of an accumulation phase, um, which essentially is when uh, large market players with a lot of money that actually moves the prices of stocks are gradually buying shares over time so that they can maintain a steady price that they're getting in at because if they buy it all at once, it drives the price up. Um, and we watch for those. Those are our sort of rounding formations at the bottoms because they precede the next upward trend. Um, so this could be that. Um, but of course, we let the market come to us instead of uh, forcing it something and, you know, uh, assuming a pattern will complete before it actually has done so. Um, so this looks like it could be a little bit of an accumulation happening. Um, one thing I want to do is turn on some moving averages and just see if uh, we get anything interesting here. And we do have something interesting. Um, so if I turn on, and this could happen a couple times during this process as, as we're trading sort of sideways on this sort of uh, U-shaped thing that we've got going here with QS. Um, the green line is my 50-day moving average simple. Uh, this sort of pinkish red line is my 20 and the d deep red is my 200. All right. Um, let me know what it means when that uh, 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 green 50-day moving average crosses above that red 200-day uh, moving average. Let me know what that is in chat. Spencer, do you know? No. Really? So I was reading the chat when you asked me, so I don't really know what you said. Oh, what? What, what do you call it when the 50-day moving average crosses above the 200-day moving average? Bullish crossover? Yeah. I that's mean... not the, like the that's not like the the cool the cool in, inside like cool guy way to put it, but yeah. No, that's that's, what it that's is. a golden cross. Is that a golden cross, Michael? Is that the is that like the technical term for it, a golden cross? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. I I always call it like just a bullish crossover. Thank you guys. Yeah, both work. That's what it is, a bullish crossover. Um, you know what else is a bullish crossover is the 20 day crossing above the 50. I think some people call that a silver cross. Um, tiny pie actually got it. That's what I call it is a sexy cross. <laughs> um, so, uh, the 20 days is, is crossing the, the 50 day. Some people I think call that a silver, a silver cross, which whatever, um, uh, it's it that can be an indicator. Moving averages crossing shorter term moving averages or faster moving averages crossing above slower moving averages are often an indi indicator to buy and are a core component of many folks' trading systems. Um, now, when we're in these accumulation phases, 
that golden cross is something that's very nice to see. Um, it can happen a lot with really low price stocks um, and it just creates noise. But when you're up into like the 25 and higher range, um, uh, there's less noise there with that. Um, but nonetheless, we've just got there uh, that uh, on here for a little bit of guidance. Um, and you can look, you can see that the stock is clearly playing around the green line here, which is this 50. Um we can probably find another moving average or, or a combination of moving averages that are are more to the tick. Um, but hitting the 50 has been a sell signal here in the past. Um, selling off and then getting down, crossing below the 20, and then gapping above that 50. Uh, but we'll go ahead and turn those off. Uh, moving averages are much more helpful when a stock is in a clear trend, meaning either going down or going up. That's when moving averages are very helpful because they tell you uh, when it's uh, when the stock is pulling back and you may enter, um, or when it might be getting overextended and you should take a, perhaps a short position or perhaps take profits. Um, at any rate, um, I don't see anything here that tells me that now is the time to buy a QS, but it is something that I want to watch for. And now the question is, what are we going to watch for? Um, for the buy signal on QS. What is what what is the interesting thing that may happen with QS that we're going to watch for? Well, let's just predict the future a little bit. Let's grab this guy. Um, so I'm going to go to the last pullback before our rounding bottom started and just draw this horizontally um, like that. Um, so with this sort of rounding bottom formation, um, I want to see us return to these previous levels, this previous level that we tested and could not break out of. And what is that? This is, again, remember, the pullback may happen. Um, but this is a level where folks uh, uh, decided to sell their shares. And it may happen again. Um, the template I'm looking for is uh, my breakout resistance. Um, so I know it's a little bit of a ways to go, but I want to see QS gain about 10 bucks before it looks like something that's that's healthier and in a healthy upward trend. Now, if you're looking to trade it more actively, um, there's a lot of things that you could do in the meantime, but I got to tell you, there are more interesting stocks. There are more interesting things happening out there. Um, I'll just slap a price target on that or a price level there. Um, does that satisfy you on QS, Spencer? It does. AB, I hope you're taking notes. He was not. But... No, he's looking at his phone. I could, I can get more aggressive with it, though. We can look at Bitcoin for sure, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark, shouldn't you be busy like running the company or four? Or ruining the world? I don't know. Shouldn't you be busy spying on my family? Um, ruining the world. Uh, okay, so I've got a lot of drawings here. I just... little humble brag here. Look at this trade. Remember the double bottom? We started off this segment looking at a double bottom. I forgot what ticker it was. Was it body? What BDRY? Right. No, no, it was body. I think that had the had the double bottom. This is what that trade looks like when it comes to fruition, right? Like I gave you a stop loss, I gave you an entry, and I gave you target prices. With Bitcoin, it happened exactly, um, even to the point where. Um, the exact levels that I lined up as my uh, target prices are support and resistance all the way up as we scale in and out of this trade. Um, so Bitcoin, like all uh, uh, 
cryptocurrencies that are easily accessible on uh, brokerages that, that folks can get access to in the U.S. Um, uh, tends to be very technical and follow a lot of the rules that we like. Um, so looking at Bitcoin on the weekly, I'm going to I'm just going to delete all these drawings, delete everything um, and just just a plain old chart. This is the level to beat right here. All right. That's the, the hardcore level. And let me use a rectangle, actually, because we've got these wicks here. And and especially with something that's trading up into the uh, in five digits, you have more of zones than you do exact to the tick levels. This was a supply zone. This is the level where everyone said they're going to sell. Um, folks are not going to get excited about buying again until it goes above the level they previously sold at. Um, that's how breakouts work. Um, so this is sort of your demand, or I'm sorry, your supply zone. And you can see that we're getting right up in there, right up in there. And then that uh, uh, the next leg up is going to be right at about 65. The, the 65,000 number is a psychological number. It's a round, round number. Uh, that means a lot of to, it means something to people and in their mind they say well if it gets up to 65,000 or passes it I'll buy in weekly looking very healthy uh, so I think I'm going to tell you exactly what you want to hear um, which is Bitcoin is in a clear upward trend um, it is approaching the previous level of uh, its all-time high its previous level of resistance Um and it looks like if it is able to break above the level I've outlined, they are going to have a breakout. Uh, now, the next question is, what's the price target? One way that you can look at this is just like a big old ascending triangle um, for which I'll use my ruler tool. Grab it like this. I'll probably have to move my whole screen, actually. And go to the lowest point and then go to that breakout level. And that gets us right up past 100,000. Um, so price target there upon a breakout above 65,000, new all-time all high. We're zooming. It's going to ziggy wow. zag. Um, price target is 100, above 100,000 there, about by, 101, 102 by, is what I got when? earlier. By when? Do we know? We no, know. that's not how that works. But, I mean, look. The whole market, Bitcoin is a, a perfect example of this. It follows cycles of accumulation and distribution. Um, so let me get my, there it is. So Gosh. we've got our, this really broad accumulation. When this happened summer 2020, it was very clear that this thing was about to freaking explode. So we've got that accumulation. Um, we've got some distribution right here, um, followed by the accumulation. Whoops accumulation, and then a broad distribution. The wider the space, the bigger, the, the wider the base, the bigger the space. In this case, it was an inverted base. Um, and so we had a significant drop, but we've now had a pretty wide period of accumulation. Um, so now the question is, are people going to sell again at 65,000? If so, we'll probably get a little bit of a pullback. Um, but we'll probably continue having this sloping line of support. This is what what I believe. And if we don't, if we break down past this sloping line of support, then it's very bearish for Bitcoin. Um, but if we do get above 
Um, that 65 above that breakout, that's very bullish, very bullish. And then we're looking at um, the resolution of this accumulation phase, um, which should get you up to about uh, above 100,000. Um, and your Fibonacci is a useful tool here, but it's going to show you a lot of the same stuff. Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Um, is this the <laughs> real question? Is this the coffee shop guy off that uh, movie Hall Pass? Yep. Is that your being for Halloween? Yep. A reference everyone gets. No. Uh, all right. We're over on time. Oh, look at that. 130. See, time flies when you're having fun with Neil, everyone. Hey, what are we on the what are we on the light front? Let's get some likes going for Neil here. Let's get Neil the likes he deserves. He he's he's the chartist that we deserve, just not the one that we need right now. We're only at eighty. Let's get to one hundred fifty likes for Neil. That that be that be nice. I think Neil, it's good to see you. And uh, next time we see will be Thursday at the same time, right? Thursday one. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a surprise on Thursday. I think. Is What's up, be, Manny? Is it gonna be your Halloween costume? Oh, that's this is it actually. So. Yeah, I th- I'm currently in the Halloween costume. Let's just say some changes are happening. Changes, changes. big changes, big changes. Are uh, you gonna like shave your eyebrows? Close, close. Um, all right, guys. Thank you for hanging out with me. You Spencer. are quite welcome. Catch you Thank later, you. Neil. Neilio. Neil. All right. Um, we didn't. He didn't say haircut. We said maybe. We don't know, Shelly. Well, I tell you what. We'll find out on Thursday. How about that? You have to tune in then. Um, let's play a quick game for a second. Why don't you all drop some tickers in the chat that, that are upcoming have upcoming earnings, and I will tell you what the historic reaction to those earnings have been. In so far back as the last three years, the last 12 quarters, um, because I told you about Tesla, but uh, we are in, in in earning season, right? So we're going to get, you know, between, you know, five and 10 interesting ones a day now for the next two weeks. So I was looking at Snapchat here. Um, AB, can you pull up the chart of Snapchat for me for a second? Um, look at the move that Snapchat made in it after its last earnings report in July. That's Tesla. That is Tesla. We are going to Snapchat. Okay, look at the move that look that yeah that huge that huge gap that whole thing. Look at that insane move Snapchat made. Now, not every quarter is like that, obviously. However, if you look at Snapchat's closing price on the day of its earnings report to its opening price the day after. Earnings report because Snapchat always reports in the afternoon. They report this week, Thursday afternoon, two days now. If you look at that 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 gap, that clo- day of earnings close to day after earnings open, you get an average move of seven percent to the upside, going back the last three years. The percent change from the close right before they report to the open right after the report 
up 7%. Last quarter, it was up 18%. Uh, you see that gap there. Um, Snapchat Cameron, is a... Cameron Snapchat Dole in the chat saying he bought a lotto ticket. Sorry, what are you saying? No, I, no, the, that's great. Snapchat is a mover. It is a mover. It is a high flyer after earnings more often than not. It's funny because like more often than not, Snapchat does trade higher the day after its report. But if you go further out, you know, one one day, two days, three days, a week, two weeks, it it's it's kind of a mix. It's kind of 50-50, right? I, this is one of those stocks that I, I think it makes sense to kind of play uh, a strangle on or a straddle or whatever it is when you buy a, a call and a put and you just need it to move a certain percentage in either way. You know, I'd be... I would not be shocked if we're down 10% tomorrow or not tomorrow. Uh, earnings come out Thursday, correct? Friday? Yeah, Thursday, Thursday afternoon. So I would not be shocked if Friday morning we're down 10% or up 10% or down 15% or up 15%. What I would be shocked is if we're up or down, you know, less than 3%. I would be absolutely shocked if that happens. I think we will see a big move either way. Um Spencer, I just saw something. I kind of want to read it uh, on stream, but it's probably not a great idea. Uh, okay. I don't know what that means. But um, anyway, Snapchat. Likely to trade higher Friday morning in the after hours of pre-market, at least based on recent history. That's that's what I'm going off of. I'm only going off of recent history. I'm not going off the entire history of, of the stock, just recent history. Uh, one, two, three, four quarters in a row. Stock traded higher um, in, in uh, after returning support. But like I said, if you go back, if you go out <laughs> further into the future, it, it gets a little bit uh, hairier. It gets a little bit more, more of a toss-up. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg said he bought Snap at 20, sold at 30. Uh, there's always these stocks. I was just kind of thinking the same thing. There are always these stocks out there that if you trade long enough, you'll hear a stock get brought up and it's almost like trigger triggering. You're like, oh, like I had that at, you know, $10 and sold it, whatever. Snap was one that if I go back on my history on Robinhood, I was playing it like down here right after the COVID crash when it got all the way down to like seven bucks. I was like, yeah, I'll buy some like, $10 calls, you know, whatever, like people are going to be home a lot. I think people are going to be on Snapchat more because they're on their phones all day, you know, all this stuff. And then I, you know, cashed out, made some money on those plays where, and that looking back on it, it's like, why did I not just load up on shares at seven, eight, nine, ten 10 bucks. And now the stock's at $77. Um, I've also talked about this before. I, I don't think a lot of investors maybe understand how big of a stranglehold Snapchat has on like the younger uh, generation, like the, you know, say 13 to 18 age, age range, which is like the most coveted um, age range for advertisers uh, when it comes to demographics. Because if you get in at that age and, and, and you, you know, people build that brand loyalty, you then they can potentially become lifetime customers. So I, I've told that I've said this before on the show, but, um, it, while I was still in, in school and college, like I was working at a, a golf course and I'd, you know, be training, I, I was like an assistant manager or whatever. So I'd be training these kids. And a lot of times they were like just out of high school, or whatever. And like these kids would all be like, yo, let me get your like Snapchat instead of a phone number. Like that was their primary use of communication. Like they don't even text their little text on Snapchat in a group. And it's like so foreign of a concept to me. Um, so I, I think, you know, we'll have to see kind of how Snapchat 
uses that because for a lot of time, for a long time, it was like, oh, they have a big user base, but they're not great at monetizing, which is, of course, what people said about Facebook as well. So I, I was given a free share of Snapchat when I joined Weeble a couple years ago. And I was like, really? oh, really? Snapchat? What a piece of crap. And I sold it right away. Mine was BCRX on um, uh, Robinhood. And I, I've joked about this before, too, because um, so I opened my Robinhood account in February of 2020. Let's go back there. February of 2020. So it was about $3. And now it's at 15 so that's about a 5x return. And I was like, if I just would have loaded up on BCRX shares when, when Robinhood gave me one, my portfolio would be amazing, you know? The lesson here is never sell anything ever, even if you're down a gajillion percent, obviously. Um, did y'all see, does anyone care? Do you want to talk about the GameStop report from the SEC? I talked about it a lot this morning. I don't know if anyone, if you missed that uh, on pre-market prep, uh, check it out. I, I gave some highlights, but I thought the whole thing was a great read. I'll, I'll put the link in the chat. If you're into this stuff, if you're like, if you follow the GameStop frenzy from January and, and you want to see what the SEC said about it, uh, I'll paste the link in there. Um, Tiny Price has no GameStop. He doesn't want to talk about it, which is fine, but I thought it was a really interesting read. If, if I, uh, can I, I, I kind of want to read what I was going to read. It's not, I'm not trying to be like, I, I I don't know. It might piss some people. It's like not okay. So essentially, Trump came out with a statement about Colin Powell, and literally, Col- I just Colin, read this. Colin, Colin, Col- Colin Powell, Colin. Colin, really, really, really. Been saying it wrong my whole life. Oh boy. Um, do you want to do you want to read the statement? This is off to a great start. Do you enjoy it. Should we read the same? I'm not making any political statement. I don't, you know, I'm a journalist. Well, I don't you, you, you've gone this far. You can't tease it. You can't I, stop I, now. I don't, I don't go one way or the other. All right, I'm pulling it up. And this is real, by the way. The first time the, the Tom Brady one was not real. This one is real. Wonderful oh, to see. I remember the Tom Brady thing. He got me. Yeah, was, he got that you. That was so good. Tom Shady. Yeah, it was It was perfect. That was good. Uh, um, Colin, so wonderful to see Colin Powell. Who made big mistakes? Wait, actually, Spencer, can you do it in like a Trump impersonation? No, absolutely not. Who made big, big mistakes? No, I can't do it on <laughs> on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction. Be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, which is Republicans in name only. If even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes, but anyway. May he rest in peace. Uh, yes. Anyway, rest in peace, Colin Powell. <laughs> Holy moly, man. Anyway, anyway, that's what I'm going anyway. to, that's what I'm going to say next time. I, next time I, you know, someone big dies. Yeah. 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 A- anyway, rest in peace. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, we've got a few minutes here. Tim Quas was supposed to join, but he had a conflict, so he can't. So we were going to just hang out with y'all. We do have, the roadmap coming up next at two o'clock. That's our uh, NFT show. We're talking with Comic Man today. If you don't know who Comic Man is, um, then what are you even doing with your life? Uh, seriously, the world of, N- of NFTs is wild. There is a whole other world, if you don't know about it, uh, with influencers and a lot of money. And we routinely get the biggest guests of that world on the Roadmap Show. So let's come up here at 2 o'clock in the 15, 17 minutes from now. Um, I, I watch it every time I can. 
because oh, holy cow, there is some crazy stuff on that show. Crazy stuff on that show. Like some sometimes not safe for work stuff on that show. What's up, Aaron? Uh, well, I was gonna ask you when are you gonna buy your first NFT, and then I just checked my Robinhood portfolio, and uh, we're breaking out. We're and breaking what? out. And what? Um, you? I, what? Alibaba? What? Yeah, I think Baba. Yeah, these Alibaba calls are up. Oh, oh wow! My gosh, they're still going. Hope that. Oh, Alibaba's up almost five percent today. Yeah, see, this, man, I, I wish I was good at this, but I am not. Um, it, it was it was evident, right, to those of us that are watching Alibaba every day. It was evident. Let me pull up a chart here. It was evident that Alibaba probably was oversold, right? Probably the down the whoa. I think AB just left our show. Um, he'll be back. I don't think he meant to do that. Um, it was obvious, right, to those of us watching, Alibaba never really should have been down to 140, right? That was that was kind of silly. How high? Because what's the all-time high? There, he's back. What's the I, all-time high? I, I screwed up. I kind of had a, a boomer moment. Yeah, that's all right. So the all-time high was a 319, and we got down to 140. That was silliness. Now, was, though, you've gone $34. You've, you've raped $34. I was going to say, I if you watch this show a lot, at, there was a couple weeks where I was talking about Baba like every single day. What, what, what's the phrase? Agnosium? Um, ad, ad nauseum, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Spencer's like, God, I got to buy this kid a book. Um, Dude, yeah. It's going to be by, it's gonna be by Colin Powell. Okay. I mean, his name looks like Colin. I don't know what you want me to say. I wasn't alive for like the famous testimony he gave when he held up the vial of uh, whatever. But, but what I was talking about was like, look, like there is, there is tremendous risk in this trade. Like there's risk. China like comes in, does this, do that. But if you're willing to stomach that risk, take on some of that risk, there's tremendous upside. It's way oversold, um, yada, yada. And, and since then we've seen Baba just be once it got down to that low point where it kind of reversed, it's shown a lot of strength against the the market overall. I mean, it, it's like every day that Baba's up, it's up like three or four percent versus the market half or one percent. And so, uh, what, what I was, what, what my game plan here is essentially on any red days, any dips, I'm looking at weekly calls. If something looks like a good deal to me, I'm sna- I'm snagging it. I do have. Shares is where well, you, you seemed like you didn't like that. No, no. It, it, did AB break up for everyone else? Was it just me? It, I, I can't tell if it's my internet at home or your. I think internet. I did. It, it, on my screen, I broke up for a second. You did? Okay. It was you. So, so you, you're buying weekly call options on dips. Is that what you said? Not that simple, but in a way, yeah. That's like one of the ways that I'm playing this move we're because. Not, not getting the dip today, I tell you that. No, yeah, and, and Luke and I were also looking at, um, you know, leaps. So saying, like, a year out from now, we're willing to bet that Baba's going to be above $200. So looking at $200 calls that are, like, a year out, and they're expensive, but, I mean, I would just... How, how, expen- how expensive, out of curiosity? Well, let's, let's look. I'll pull it up on my screen right here. Yeah. Like, are, we ta- are we talking, like, a couple dollars? Oh, no, way more. Way more? Um, let's see. Pull this up. I mean, but, but Baba has a lot of option contracts, so you can go as far yeah. out as yeah. to like June 2023, you know? So like, yeah. let's, let's look. So, so okay. So well, we can go out all the way to January 2024. Right, no, no, let's not, let's not do that. So let's do January 20. You want to do January 23? 
Uh, yeah, it's about a year. It's like 14 it's, months, you know, a year 13 and change. months. Yeah, a year and change. Well, a year and a quarter. So if we wanted to look at $200 ones, it'd be about uh, $23. $2,300. Oh my gosh, that's expensive. That is so expensive. You, dude, this is how they get you. This is how they sucker you in. Yeah. You think you, think you have a good idea, but they're priced to perfection. Well, but dude, look, if you had this, this column right here, percent change, that's today's change. So if you had this contract, you'd be up 14% today. Um, and that, I mean, that's the end of the, that's the bottom line with options is your returns can be better, but you're, it, it's riskier. So, um, it all depends on like your risk, risk appetite, what you're willing to, to risk. I like some of these trades because, um, and I talked about Luke with this too, is it's a very fixed risk as far as how much money you can lose. If I buy one of these contracts for $2,315, that is the max I can lose. It's $2,315, which isn't a small amount of money. That'd make up, that'd be about my whole, look, that's like my whole portfolio. My portfolio is like that much right now. I'd have to sell everything to buy that. Um, But you can't lose more than that. It's more like, oh, if you have that money sitting sitting aside, not doing anything, um, and you're willing to say like, yeah, this could go to zero, then those types of trades can can make sense. Wait a minute, we got to pull up ISRG. Thanks for for that webcoin. ISRG. This this happens like once per earning season or less. Uh, ISRG's earnings just leaked. They they were scheduled to report after the close today, and their earnings are out. Uh, looks like their EPS was in line a buck nineteen, which was the estimate. Um, I don't have a sales number for you because this was not supposed to be out. This is supposed to be out in, you know, two in three hours. So this is, this is not, this is not great whenever this happens. So let's pull up a chart here. Where's my chart? I just had it up. Uh, nope, that's volleyball. Go ISRG. Let's go to the 15 minute chart. Let's go to a one minute chart, actually. Okay. Yeah. So the news is out. You have a midday leak, which is rare. But it happens. But I don't remember it happening to a company as large as Intuitive Surgical. Usually it happens to some some random like mid cap or small cap, right? But anyway, that's the that's why you're down here. I, I don't know if we got the full earnings. Um, oh, it looks like I'm seeing re- yeah revenue in line, EPS in line. But this is the I, I mean the, the numbers are. They are what they are. This is what happens when the market gets caught off guard, right? Nobody was ex- expecting earnings to come out in the middle of the day. That never. Someone at Investor Relations is having a really, really, really bad day today at ISRG. Whether they have their own IR or they or they use a firm, um, they they're having a bad day today. This is not. This is this is a big mistake. It happens. It's a mistake. It happens. It's nothing in the world, but. Um, that's why their stock is down today because, uh, you know, technically actually is their stock up. Technically the stock is in the green from the, uh, from the, from the close, but I'm going from the open, right? And we opened today at 338 and we're down to 335. So we're off that low from a couple minutes ago. What was that low? 333. Or we got, we basically got. Yeah, the low was 333. We opened today at 338. We're at 335 now. 
But there's your catalyst. So someone's got some explaining to do. I don't know if it's a partial release. I don't know what happened there. Should yeah. I buy a Tesla call? Should you buy a Tesla call or a Tesla yeah. car? I have I have money, enough money for one of those two things and not for the other. All right. Uh, should you buy a Tesla call? Like you mean for earnings, like a YOLO? Yeah. Is that, is that what you mean? Yeah. Um, why don't you take a look at the November? Let's go, let's go look at November on Netflix. Forget this week. You guys should. Go, well, I don't think I'll be able to afford those. You guys should go check out. This is a really cool article that's on uh, Tesla's homepage on Robinhood right now. This Halloween costume store has a better one year return than the AMD, Disney, Tesla. Do you know what you know what store that is, Spencer? Party City. Yeah, you got me. Gotcha. Party City low key is is a high flying stock. Low key. Dude, look at look at the one yeah. year return on it. Yeah. Two hundred percent. It was I down know. at. Uh... Okay. Yeah. Um, it, I, it pays to be long parties, guys. I, I agree with Cameron. The premium is going to be jacked on Tesla. If you want to, you can. All right, Cameron, give me a, give me a good another good uh, yellow trade. Okay, you, you you want a yellow trade? You want a yellow trade? Fine, fine, fine. Let's let's do. Yeah, dude. Look, these weekly calls that expire this Friday are just as expensive as the Alibaba calls yeah, that expire. Right. You're right. Okay, 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 okay. Let's do. Do you want to look at like like if I drop you a ticker, will you look at the chart first and just to get a feel for it? Like you want to look at let's look at Chipotle. Oh god damn it! What? I can't sell my. Someone gave me a good tip yesterday. I can go to investing. I can go all the way down. I have three out of four of my day trades made. I can't make my fourth one, or I'll get restricted. And I really want to sell. Get get your get your balance up. Just deposit more money in there. <laughs> Get your balance up. To to twenty five. You think I have that much? But twenty five thousand. Twenty five. We should crowdfund it. Can you loan? Can you give me a loan? Personal loan? A no interest loan? No, no. no. But wait, let's okay. go. We, we got to make some trades and get that up to twenty five, and then we it won't was worry worth about asking. It. So so okay. You're you're not. No no. The PDT rule that only qualifies as round trip. Yes, yeah, sells. You can't sell. Yeah, so I can't close this Baba position. I can open a new trade. I just want to close this Baba position. So, so let's I'm open up. up a trade. Let's open up a trade that you're not going to close this week. No, I can no. close it tomorrow. I can close it tomorrow. It's literally just not in the same day. No, that's not the rule. Yeah, it is. It's day trades. No, 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 no. The rule is three round trip trades. There's a three or four in a rolling three day period. I think it's three. Rolling well, three... let's look at a day trade. A day three day trades. A day trade is the purchase and sale of the same stock on the same day. This section tracks the day trades you've made within the last five trading days. Pattern day trade protection is disabled. It, it's three round trip trades: a buy and a sell, or a sell and a buy, in a rolling oh, a rolling five day period. Really? I thought it was three day period. All right, yeah. my mistake. Okay, so rolling five. Thank you guys. So rolling five day period. So I might just leave this comment up on the screen forever. So, so, so I repeat myself. So let's, let's set up a trade for you. Not for this Today. week. So I, a, 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 a trade, cause you're already at two or your three in this five day period. Well, I think one of them is going to roll off tomorrow. Bottom line is I can sell these Baba calls tomorrow. The problem is, is Baba could open up down 3% tomorrow and I'd lose these. I've gained 50%. 
Um, today's return, 220 bucks. I just can't. Oh, wow. sell. I can't. If, do it, is, if it. it isn't the consequences of your actions, what can I say? <laughs> so I was going to suggest Chipotle for you for Thursday, but. but That's way too expensive. Okay. You, you know, you're right. You're right. What about, um, how much is this? No, that's also a pricey one. I'm going to the earnings calendar in Benzinga Pro. I'm looking at, I'm going to filter it for next week. Someone asked my price in bingo. Looks like I'm down 17% in bingo. Hims, I'm down 48% in. I, ha- I think I have like, what, let's check my equity. I have like one share of Hims. Okay, okay. Bingo. Okay. Uh, oh, no. They, they just did the, sp- the reverse split. <sighs> I'm looking for a cheap one for you, man. It doesn't but, have to like, be cheap. It just, uh, Chipotle is just. Okay, fine. So Stupid like you, so like GE, they report earnings uh to Tuesday, next Tuesday, a week from today. Yeah, I don't think GE is very volatile though, so I don't think it's great for trading options. Well now it's a hundred dollar stock, so got a little more. But you're no, you're right. Look out, look out. Okay, yeah, okay, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. We'll we'll keep going here. You want to do Twitter? They're next Thursday. No, they're next I like, Tuesday. I, I like that. I like Twitter so because because Twitter will also move off of Facebook's earnings. Uh, Facebook, Facebook reports on, um, no, after, Facebook okay, is, I was thinking, uh, or Facebook how about this? Monday. What Facebook about is, a stock that will move with Netflix's earnings today? So maybe like a Roku or, or a Fubo, a, a Fubo or, a, or a Roku. Not I don't know. If, I don't know if Fubo would move with Netflix. Um, what has the potential to move with Netflix? It's a good conversation. Uh, Disney to some extent because the stock is married to Disney Plus for whatever reason. Uh, yep. And Disney Plus, you can get some implications from Netflix. Um, uh, Roku, Ro- is Roku, is pro- Roku is the most direct. Roku is like the most direct playoff. I, I think Roku's contracts are historically really expensive. But let's see. Oh, wait. Well, I just bought so, okay, let's say the thesis is we think Netflix is going to report really strong earnings. As a result, we think Roku is going to pop a little bit. So we could say these $355 calls that expire this Friday. Um, yeah, I'll buy one of these, Spencer. I like it. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. What's the strike? Three, uh, three fifty-five. So essentially, Roku needs to go up like two percent to hit my break. Yeah, to break even two point seven nine percent. Three fifty-five, three dollars and sixty cents. Um, hmm. yeah, for Friday. I know, JC Jacobs. I need twenty-five thousand cash. Yes, if you've got we it. Know, you wanna, we know. Make- we we know this. <laughs> we, this is why we're doing this trade is to get him up to $25,000 the problem is I don't have that what can I say uh, hey man, Christopher you, is saying if, that he thinks you Netflix subscriber growth will be underwhelming I don't know now I'm a little do, undecided if you want to do, do it let's do, we, got, we got two minutes before we're going to hop off here alright so, Master so, Stonks is saying Dis, he likes Disney right now uh, he thinks my, my my Disney calls basis. All right, is... let's go with our gut. Let's go with our let's go with what we were gonna do. Roku go, Roku call three fifty five uh, is our strike. Continue. I like to put it my my thing like a little bit higher than what it says it is, so that it it gets filled right away. So I don't care about the difference between two dollars. No, yeah, sure. Why not three eighty five review order submit filled three eighty three. We're in. Um, so oh, again, th- what we're looking for here is a strong Netflix report that will then pump boost uh, Roku's stock tomorrow. So essentially, if they say, "Oh yeah, the streaming uh, industry is in a very good place right now," we're expected to grow, wh- whatever. Then 
Um, you know, it could help Roku. And who knows? Maybe Roku will, will keep climbing without that anyway. Here, so, here, here's, here's what I know. Whatever happens, I'm going to say I told you so. Whether Roku goes up to 355 tomorrow or 360 or goes down to 340 or 335, I'm going to say I told you so. Yeah, because you can say, see, that's why you don't buy uh, buy options. We sell <laughs> options. Next next uh, Spencer and AB option lesson will be us selling options. Yeah. Um, we will throw that ask out there. If you have, uh, you know, 25K laying around and you want to make a, you know, you want to make a loan so that oh we can do gosh. some more trades on this show. Uh, email us at powerhourbenzinga.com. I'll give you my Venmo. And uh, yeah, with, with that, that should, that should be the show today. That is the show. We got the roadmap coming up live right now. They're talking with Comic Man, the exclusive interview. They're talking Pixel Vault, Punk's Comic, Meta Hero. If you don't know what these words mean, you don't have to know. That's the point of the show is to tell you what they mean. That's live right now. We're going to end the stream, redirect to that. Thanks to uh, our guests today, uh, all of them. Uh, thanks to Neil. Um, thanks to all of you in, in, in the chat for hanging out with us. Hey, what are, where, what are we on the lake front? We're at 109. 109. Can we get to two? We can get to two. And um, we can get to two. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. All information on this show is for informational purposes, not for investing advice we're not experts we know nothing he, he doesn't even know how to pronounce colin powell's name right and uh now roadmap coming up live you live and learn over and out ski smash the like on your way out subscribe if you haven't already we'll see y'all tomorrow did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10 percent or more result from a single news headline that's right News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.